Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Indeed, we are live. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to uh, the Boca Podcast and our special series, Workflow Wednesday. Hello to Rich and Heather and to Haley. Hey. It is Wednesday. Um, and it is the- in Chattanooga, when we have like a half inch of snow, it, it's <laughs> also referenced as a blizzard. We had a blizzard last night. <laughs> yep. Um, schools yep, we, were delayed today. We how barely does, survived. How does it work for homeschool? Do you guys delay as well? Uh, no. no, no, not really. No, I mean, like, uh, but they did go outside of play for just a little bit, or at least one of them did. And then the, uh, yeah, then you know, the rest of the day, we just uh, um, went went around delivering uh, Christmas goodies to uh, um, uh, some really cool vendors that we work with. So, um, yeah. so that's cool. Is that something that you do every year? We try. Well, I wouldn't say we do it every year. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like the day before, we like. Uh, um, we make some homemade goodies. None, none of this like, oh, I can buy no store. No, 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 no. We go on Pinterest. We do our homework. We like what, what, what yep. can survive? Like, but we normally do. Uh, we've done cookies in the past, but now we realize that cookies, like, like we would make them the day before. They kind of get a little stale. They're, they're not as fresh, you know. So, um, so, uh, so, so, uh, um, uh, what, what do we make? We made a uh, rich made some, and um, you know, I don't use the word epic lightly. It, uh, they are salted she, she, caramel. She, she used Epic for me. Oh, you just got the finger, Rich. Hold on. Oh, uh, by the way, for, for those of you listening in, I don't mean the middle finger. She was just, <laughs> this was for the some, audio only. This some, is also some, Facebook Live. We're on video. And Heather just, just gave the just a moment finger to Rich. I do, like the thing that you do, do to a toddler who's interrupting you. Like uh, She's been doing that yeah. from the very first day I ever met her. She's done that before. <laughs> um, it, it, That's it, true. It's does that mean that you've been consistently interrupting her conversation from the day that you met her? I get ex- I get excited and then um yep. and and then like she'll and yeah. and I'll be like I want to like tell her what, I, what I'm saying and then um and I can't wait for her to finish her thought you know and then she'll she'll like put her her leg or her or her her arm or hand gently in my leg and be like hey I like like a, like you know like a teacher uh, with with a little kid who who like and just like hey. I, I know that you're there. Just let me get my thought out and then I'll hear yeah. you, you know? And so, yeah, she, she's done that to me since literally the first day I met her um, and uh, January 26, 2003. That's true. And, um, wow. that's and so um, the first day I actually laid my eyes on her. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's a whole nother story, but uh, anyway. <laughs> story for a different uh, kind of podcast. But, going uh, down there. Yeah. but talk about electricity, just like just shooting through me when she touched my leg. That that one, that first day, I'm like. That first time it. that she told you to stop interrupting you? This her? is it. This is yeah. it. Yep. yep. <laughs> Apparently it worked because uh, we've been married for 15 years. Very happily. 
Ha, right? Anyway. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I did not give my verbal affirmation. <laughs> she's, she's, she's like, yeah, I, whatever, you know, I mean. I'm sorry. Uh, wow. There was an awkward pause there. I didn't get my cue. Exactly, I'm sorry. Exactly. No, I'm just thinking salted caramel Rice Krispie treats. That's what's salted on my mind. Caramel they rice were treats. so good. So we spent all morning long delivering happiness to some of our mm. favorite vendors in the city and took the day off school. So the kids played in the snow a little bit and then we went and we did that. And, and I'm like, you know what? What else do I make? What else this do I is, make? Th this is um, the school of life. It's called yeah. the school of life and it's called running a business and networking. And the kids get that once in a while yep. because it's, that's more valuable than. It's entrepreneurship um, 101. You know? Networking. We have to do our school most days, but not all the days. So networking yeah. with Rice Krispie treats. Wait, did you make a second dessert as well, Rich? He mm -hmm. did. He made cashew clusters in the instant oh. pot with like three different uh, varieties of chocolate it, melted together. It, they were it, they're insane. Um, yeah, and then you know they, they, they dry. They become those clusters of, of chocolate with yep. with with, uh, with uh, and they were amazing. They're amazing. Yep. And Why again, are we not like, doing but, workflow Wednesday at your house? That's the question. Uh, yeah, it smells incredible. Yeah, we have some yeah. leftovers in here. Y'all need to come over. So um. So, so oh. we have these really cool brochures that we're delivering about our wedding experience. And then we packaged up our goodies in these real sweet little boxes and took them to vendors this morning. And with along with one of our personal um, family Christmas cards and, you know, made connections, saw people face to face and, um, yep. you know, yep. give hugs and, you know, just you didn't just send them a, a DM on Facebook. A that nope. wasn't good enough. Maintaining relationships. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. By the way, for everybody who is listening in, this is a video uh, presentation as well, video show as well. We are on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash photogs edit for Workflow Wednesday, which naturally is a workflow focused or workflow centric um, present or uh, episode that we do on occasion, once or twice a month. And um, we are talking about efficient workflow most specifically, but I think next time we should just do Workflow Wednesday and Rich, you can be like um, some of those old cooking shows, like and, yes. and make the salted caramel rice krispie treats. Yeah, in, in fact, oh. uh, I, I mean, I wish. I mean, I know this is a video and audio, but man, y'all are you're gonna wish you could like smell uh, this. Uh, these these things are amazing. Uh, in fact, uh, I wish I wish we could just take one and just be eating it on um, during the video and just be making just the faces we would make. Everyone would. Yes. They'll be like, would hate us. I feel like I know what these things taste like just by the faces you guys are making. <laughs> and the the moans and the groans. Yeah, yeah. Mm, this is awkward, so awkward. good. Don't make any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like one of those people, like if I can hear you eating, we have a problem, you know, yeah. like I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. No. Are you, the, with your kids, are you always reminding them to, to chew with their mouth shut? Is that what you do? I, we haven't had a big issue no. with that. I feel like oh, our kids no. naturally do that. No. Um, okay. I think because my, naturally do not do that. They don't, they don't chew with their mouth open. Right, right. That no. hasn't been a big issue. No. I mean, okay. like. We that's have impressive. other issues, but that hasn't been one of them. <laughs> like that's, yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah, I was gonna say that uh, Ren has jumped on and said hi, friends, and Stacy has jumped on and said hello from Denver. Oh, okay. Ren, hi, Ren, and uh, hi, Stacy. Yeah, we can't even talk about snow. Which I like Denver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got some snow. We got a little slight dusting around Chattanooga. So, yeah, I was yeah. I was sending pictures kind of excitedly to to uh, Jill yesterday, she's at work and, um, yeah. you know, I mean, literally it was like this, this tiny I, little dusting, first of all, sleet. And then we started getting a yeah. little bit of snow. Yeah. Um, and it is quite laughable. Schools ended up being delayed two hours. We do have yeah. buses that have to climb mountains, so I get it, but yeah, um, nonetheless, it is quite entertaining. 
but it is a beautiful day, blue sky. And I, I don't know about you guys, but it makes a big difference. More energy, just like felt energy. It's just, oh, it's so invigorating. But one of these days I may just move to Arizona so I can see sun all the time. I could deal with the heat. Arizona. Yeah, I, I, I feel energized just because being with you guys. Oh, well, <laughs> so Rich just one up to you. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's really the better thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so we were actually talking about this off air before we started recording. We normally kind of start the, the this, these episodes with industry news, mm -hmm. um, which really kind of, we, we kind of went down the rabbit hole of something more entertaining than actually <laughs> helpful. But it, I, Rich, please tell the story. Oh, I missed this in, in the news. Uh, I cannot believe you missed it. It's made major, in fact, uh, uh, in the in the comment section of people watching, I want to know if y'all heard heard this or have not heard this. Okay, but uh, this week in Miami, uh, in a conceptual art, uh, I guess program uh, auction, maybe uh, this there was this this piece of work that literally was just a real banana, real banana duct taped to a white wall. I just just <laughs> Nathan say something, so I'll go to you. So let's see. <laughs> Uh, I just I'm holding up a a real banana as, as Rich was saying just to kind of play along please I didn't yeah yeah so so this artist turned that uh, 49 cent uh, fruit uh, and this 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 conceptual art sold for a hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollars it's literally a a banana duct tape to the wall guys just just if you haven't seen it just look look for it it's, it's all over the news okay but um, is the wall is the wall like removable from whatever gallery? So how are they selling it? What does that mean? Wow, like, uh, wow. So uh, the banana yeah. comes with, you get the duct tape with it maybe? Yeah, I guess you get, <laughs> I, maybe. I, I don't know how that works. Uh, all I know is that um, a couple of days later, it, it made such big news that everybody was like, there was lines of people wanting to get their picture, like like doing a selfie with this banana on the, on the wall behind them. Yeah. Apparently you could just get right next to it, you know? And, uh, and there was this other conceptual artist that came up. <laughs> it sounded and, really funny when you said, apparently you can get right next to it. You get, you get right next to this banana. It's amazing. amazing. It's up close and personal. It's so up, you can actually. It's an immersive experience. <laughs> it's an immersive experience. Uh, there's actually a video of this too. There's a video of this. It's quite entertaining. Of this other conceptual artist who, who uh, pretended he was going to get his, his picture taken with this banana. And then he literally turned around, took the banana off the wall, uh, open it up and start eating it, and uh, um, and then and it, then it showed like the aftermath of like the museum curator coming coming around. Just her mind was blown about what just happened, and uh, they escorting him out. And they're still debating whether or not they're going to prosecute this guy for eating a forty cent banana in a museum. And so uh, and so we'll, we will. I'm sorry, it's a hundred and because someone said it was worth one hundred twenty thousand dollars is worth one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. it's it's literally just. It, 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 it is like uh, there's actually a uh, an article um, on yeah. on uh, Peta, Peta Pixel yeah. that says uh, mm -hmm. why I'm hanging up my cameras to become a conceptual artist and uh, there's <laughs> there's been a, there's there's been a lot of really interesting um, discussion about this like like just art and the subjectivity of it yes and especially 100%. this conceptual art just but just just. And how much it can sell for it is absolutely insane. So I love the fact that the, this guy came along and ate it though and called it art because it, yes. it just shows how absolutely ridiculous the whole thing is to begin yep. with. Yes. But on a slightly more serious note, because I obviously don't want to minimize the significance of, of um, said art for photographers listening. And I realize that we 
we give a certain amount of significance to the so-called art that we create or the imagery that we create, but we have to keep in mind that at the end of the day, we really can't take ourselves too seriously because it is, it, all of this is art because we say that it's art. Mm -hmm. It's important because we say it's important. It's ultimately what we make of it. And mm -hmm. that's, I think, important just as a life principle to keep everything in a bit of perspective. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. that that guy went and ate it. And I hope he doesn't get prosecuted because I know so. I know how hilarious I know. we are uh, as human beings. Yeah. Apparently they just replaced it with another banana and, and, uh, and it was worth the same amount. I mean, like, apparently it's just like, they have it in their contract that they, it can be replaced. And, uh, and it's uh, the, 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 it's the idea that's the art, not the, not the physical banana and, and, uh, and whatnot. So oh, okay. again, like, so, uh, so it's, uh, I guess no harm, no foul, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. They, they, but they probably definitely have uh, red ropes around it now, so people actually can't touch it. Probably, I, 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 I don't know. The selfie close. won't be as up close and personal. <laughs> exactly. So many thoughts going it's, through my mind right it, now. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But I could save us a trip to uh, to uh, Miami by just <laughs> taping a banana to our wall right here. You should behind you, like right over, like so it creates kind of a halo over Heather's head <laughs> in the background there. I think that'd be kind of brilliant. Yes. If I, you did that. I really. I really wish we would have thought to do that before this um, this yeah. went live. We, we could have put I, we could have put a banana about right there. I mean, like that yeah. right there is worth one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. I mean, why not make it one hundred and fifty <laughs> or two hundred? Uh, right now, you're talking. The sky's I, the I, limit. I like the way you think, Nathan. Entrepreneurship, yeah. man. Boom. Although there is a lot of really cool art that comes out of Miami, there's a really cool place down there called the Wynwood Art District, oh, and we've driven goodness. around it's down there amazing. from time to time, and it's they amazing. have the artists from all over the world come down there and just do these massive murals on the sides of the buildings down there in this real kind of rundown industrial district, and um, I highly recommend it if, if anybody's down in that area. The Wynwood Art District in Miami okay. is super, super cool. Um, and constantly evolving because mm -hmm. I think that they only keep the art up for maybe a year or two at a time and then they'll okay. have a new artist come in. And so speaking of art, um, you know, but, but yeah, but that appeals to uh, a wide variety because there, there's some crazy art and some like more, uh, uh, a little bit more mainstream, mainstream maybe. Yeah. or traditionally beautiful art. And so like there, there's, there's something there for everyone. It's just really cool, cool air location. So yeah. Yeah. And not far from Miami Beach. I know. So. Boom. Done. Perfect. Okay. Gave him a little shout out then to Winwood Art Gallery. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were also talking about, just as a, on a slightly more serious note, the, the, um, the Nikon professional services have kind of cut off or are going to be cutting off their, their service, uh, the repair service, at least to the extent with which they were offering it starting really soon, right? Is that is that effective immediately for Nikon users? Uh, I think uh, I saw an article saying it was at the end of this year. So I mean, okay. like 20, beginning 2020 is, is no longer there. So for Nikon users out there, just um, you're going to have to give yourself a little bit more time. They're saying at least two weeks um, that you'd be without your camera, whereas in the past you may have been used to a little bit quicker turnaround time just work that into or plan that in your calendar because um, yeah, things are changing pretty drastically. I, I can't imagine, um, I'm sure it's a cost saving move on their part, but I can't imagine that does a, a great service up. for their brand reputation. What is, what is this service called for Nikon users? I know for us as Canon users, it's called CPS. It's Canon Professional Services that we use. And we have like a gold standard membership, you know, but I don't know what this service is called for Nikon uh, users. Let's see here. Um, it, uh, the report, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So, uh, so there's no, it's, there's no option to renew uh, on March the 31st, 2020. 
So, okay. so I, I guess, you know, till March 31st, I think they're still doing it. So, and it's, it is MPS. It's Nikon professional services, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What, what, what are the benefits for you all with the CPS with Canon professional services? What do you get for that? Yeah, we have built in a, a certain, yeah, well, we don't, well. <laughs> no, uh, so uh, it depends on, they have different levels mm -hmm. and depending on how, how much pro gear you have. So like yeah. you, you, you literally enter in um, all the pro gear and the more like, like uh, this certain older camera might get one point, but the newer cameras get like four or five points. And so if you get to like 60 points or something like that, you can go to this next level. Um, and so, it's, um, but because of that, you can get more cleanings. Uh, so you can send your gear in maybe uh, um, um, and, and get them cleaned. And then uh, and if you get repairs, depending on, again, the level that you're, you're on, um, uh, the, the repairs could be, you know, 30% off uh, the repairs, okay. that, that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, just a heads up to Nikon users out there, the few of them that may exist still. Switch to Canon. That's, that's, <laughs> that's your problem. I, I love, I use Nikon my whole uh, wedding photography career and I absolutely enjoy it. Still really like the layout, the ergos of the buttons and menu system. Um, but anyway, that aside, uh, yeah. for Nikon users, make sure that you plan if you need any repairs coming up here before you get into next year's busy season. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, has, has Haley even appeared this whole time? Uh, has, I, <laughs> there we go, there hey. she is. Sorry, I was sharing our video to different Facebook groups, but I did want to comment that um, Aaron Nelson commented on the banana story and said, that's funny, wouldn't it be the consumer who defines what art is and not the creator? I have a hard time thinking of myself as an artist but there are people that tell me how artistic I am. Yeah, that's a great huh. perspective. I love that perspective. Mm -hmm. I, I think uh, that's a more realistic perspective, but the, the ego-driven side of us right. is, yeah, yeah. We're, those are the people that are calling themselves artists and their work art. And, and I think that really can get in the way of doing business. And that's a multi-episode topic mm -hmm. for another day. Sure. But yeah, um, but yeah mm -hmm. I think it, but it, there's, it's, just, it's great to have an example, a story like this that exemplifies how ridiculous we can be Mm -hmm. um, and, and labeling something art and creating or giving it significance or giving it value. Um, and that guy that came along and ate the banana, I think is just a perfect, perfect. Or well, just believing that we as the artists have so much inherent value, or we've been established already so much as an, as a, um, you know, valuable commodity as an artist that we can assign that kind of value to a banana duct taped to a wall. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like you said, like the ego, not just in the art itself, but in who we are as an artist, that we feel like we would have the authority to be able to say, this thing that I just thought of is worth $120,000. You know? That's true. I, I love your um, perspective I, on that. I, yeah, but I think, yeah, like, like you said, Nathan, I think the, the most valuable thing about this whole thing is, again, just the conversations it brings up. And I, I love the conversations to like uh, both, both sides, you know, to like just to, to hear, oh, that's so dumb. And then be like, hey, wait a second. You know, let, let's let's just bring this around and 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 like play devil's you know, advocate. Yeah. So it's just this is um, which is again just uh, I think it's really fascinating. Kind of takes us out a little bit out of our comfort zone yeah. and uh, allows us to uh, like like talk through um, you know our own concepts and as, yeah. again as artists. So yeah, I love that. Well, I appreciate you sharing it. As entertaining and amusing as it was, it was also enlightening and thought provoking, as you point out. So yeah, um, but we are here to talk about workflow. And um, we're, we're just a little bit of a different type of workflow conversation today. Uh, we've been alluding to this in previous Workflow Wednesday episodes, but uh, photographers edit, 
um, my editing company, and of course, Haley does digital marketing for Photographers Edit. Uh, went through a bit of a tough spell this fall, and um, we'll talk, we'll kind of summarize it here in just a second. But through that experience, um, we certainly learned a lot about what it meant to effectively handle uh, a bit of a nightmare situation where ultimately we screwed up as a company. It affected the level of service that we were giving our clients. Clients got upset. Uh, many clients walked away. And um, through that all, we, we learned quite a bit about how to handle a difficult situation such as this. Um, and that a lot of it revolves around the idea of the significance of communication, how we go about communicating. And so we thought as, as a Workflow Wednesday episode, we could talk a little bit about our so-called workflow um, handling this situation, this bit of customer service nightmare, which ultimately, again, was, was on us, um, how we went about handling that effectively, partially for the sake of transparency for some of our photographers edit clients, uh, but then also that in it, so that hopefully some of our listeners might be able to learn a bit about how they, or at least get some ideas about how they might handle a tough mm -hmm. situation with their company. Because we, there's always a risk as a business owner mm -hmm. that something goes wrong, whether mm -hmm. we were proactive in planning and taking care of our company or not. In, in this case, we've got a really hardworking production team and customer service team and marketing team. I mean, we're, this wasn't a result of let's just sit around twiddling our thumbs, watching Netflix, eating chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, we just, we, we missed out on some things and we learned through the process, through the experience, but nonetheless, we had some upset clients as a result, understandably so. And so the question at that point is how do you go about um, addressing the issue, managing um, customer interaction and expectations, and ultimately trying to come out on the other side of it um, in a very proactive and positive way. And so we, we thought we would share a little bit about that. Very simple summation of the situation um, going, this started all kind of going down around the first part of, I guess it was about the first part of October, Haley? Yeah, it was October. Mm -hmm. um, we, we had planned this year for about 15% growth and, and had planned capacity for this. Uh, but we ran into some personnel issues, which then tied into what we re later realized were some pretty significant issues with our um, the algorithms in our administrative system that tracked capacity, what we could actually handle on a day-to-day -day basis um, as far as the influx of images being submitted to us. And we, we process millions of images a year. So we're processing, we're doing editing or offering editing services at a very, very large scale. And one of the things that we pretty much never talk about is the significance of this algorithm that is enabling us to effectively managing the incoming work, delegate it to our team, get that work done and on time, in some cases faster than others, because our premium membership, we, we say that we'll finish orders of 800 images or less in three business days. Um, for our non-premium members or non-scheduled orders, uh, there is an estimated turnaround time given to those clients and um, so we have varying turnaround times as well. We're doing this with uh, ultimately thousands of photographers and millions and millions of images. So again, we never talk about the logistics of, of all that's going on behind the scenes. It's not a very sexy topic and most photographers, most of our clients don't really care and it's really not their business to care. But there's a lot of that that goes on behind the scenes. And what we realized was that our internal system had fallen short. Uh, the algorithms or lack thereof led us to a place where um, we were not able to handle incoming capacity. 
It affected turnaround times, orders were delayed. Naturally and totally understandably, our clients got very upset. And um, because we were not only hurting their experience, but it's also affecting the experience that they're providing to their clients as well. And uh, so it was a tough situation to be in. But um, I, what I'd like to do is just kind of run down some key points that we realized that, again, center around the significance of communication, um, talking a little bit about how we handled the situation as it went down, um, in some ways good, other ways not so ideally, and share what we learned from it. And again, hopefully this will not only create a little bit of transparency um, and a little bit of understanding for particularly for our photographers at clients, but it'll also maybe shed a little bit of light on areas that you can proactively address in your business that will enable you to offer a better customer experience for your clients. So um, do we want to just kind of take these point by point, Haley? And then I can, can I, I'd love to not only get Haley's perspective because she's obviously involved in social media and we had a lot of, needless to say, a lot of feedback and commentary from social media when all this stuff was happening. And Haley was managing a lot of that. Uh, but I'd also like to get Rich and Heather's perspective on this, not only as clients of Photographers Edit, but then also as photographers, uh, because mm -hmm. they are running a photography business, they run into situations occasionally where they have to ma manage um, a tough situation. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'd love to kind of get your take on each of these points. But let me just jump in instead of continuing to ramble on. <laughs> uh, but really the first point that I, that I noted, Haley and I were kind of discussing what we, should, what we should address in this series. One of the ideas that we talked about was the significance of removing ego from the very get-go. Now, I, I think personally, and it was funny that we were just talking about this, but I think yeah. removing ego from the picture, from the, the so-called conversation at hand is absolutely vital for us to, and I'm going to go ahead and mention the second point here, empathize with a client who is frustrated with the service, the level of service that we are offering them or the lack of service that we were offering them. Um, and, I, and I feel like it enables us to instead of focusing on ourselves and the problems that we're facing and the frustrations that we're facing and all the issues that we're dealing with behind the scenes that again, really the client doesn't care about, we don't need to bother them with. We, we set that aside, we put ourselves in the perspective of the client or in the shoes of, of the client, in this case, photographers, in order to, before we even start communicating, to communicate with the right mindset. Um, and I'd love to get your take first, Haley, on, on this, this especially based on your interactions with clients on social media through this? Yeah, I think um, part of what I, I, I can completely understand because I'm a photographer's edit client myself um, and I didn't get any special treatment, just heads up <laughs> for anyone wondering. Um, but to me, it was very much like, how, how do you deliver bad news without upsetting someone um, who is already going to be upset, whether it's because their images are delayed by a week or um, whatever the case might be. At the time of everything happening, we were still trying, I mean, a lot of people don't realize we were trying to nail down everything, understanding what it was that was actually happening um, before emails, like any communication was going out. We still had to figure that out and understand like, what does this time, the turnaround time look like? What can we give our clients as an expectation? Um, and that's when we were getting Facebook comments and um, emails. I mean, it wasn't, it was only a couple of Facebook comments at that time in the very beginning. And then it was a ton of emails on specific orders. And that's when it came, we came to realize that it was the capacity tracking issue. 
Um, and for me, that was a huge piece of like understanding as an employee of photographers at it, what it is that's happening and how can we fix this? Yeah. What do you, what do you think about this idea, Rich and Heather? I mean, have you ever run into a situation where a client is upset and you may be even justified in whatever the situation might be, mm -hmm. but again, kind of the ego speaks up and, and you naturally want to get defensive and protect yourself and explain how actually you're not in the wrong. Um, even if, even if you're not, mm -hmm. uh, have you found mm -hmm. yourself in situations like that where you just kind of had to set that aside and, and empathize with the client in the way that you'd be in communication with them? <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that has yeah. never happened. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> in ten years of, uh, of uh, running our business, that's never happened to us. Yeah, I think that um, the I yes, that this kind of situation has happened to us a few times. Thankfully, actually, pretty recently too. Yep, yep, and actually, we've been on the receiving end of a customer service very, um, situation very, very recently as well. And so, I think that as someone who is running a business and as someone who is uh, a consumer experiencing other businesses, being customers and clients of them you're in a very unique place to understand this from a couple different levels. I think that on one hand, it can help us to become a better consumer, understanding what other small businesses are going through yeah. and the humanity of the situation, mm -hmm. because companies are run by groups of people and people are humans. And, and as much as we live in a, in a, in a world today that is um, technologically savvy and that we can plan for so much and we can understand so much. And there's complicated algorithms like you talked about, there still has to be room for error and there has to be room for understanding. And so um, I just experienced, we just ordered our um, Christmas cards from a company that will remain nameless for the moment because overall we've had good experiences with this company, but this particular experience this year was a negative one in that when we received our order, um, we received uh, 100 cards instead of 150. Well, this doesn't just affect us on a personal level. We also had scheduled, um, like I was talking about earlier, meetups with vendors. Yeah. And we have clients on our list that these are going to go out to. So this is both business and personal for us. Mm -hmm. And not only are we leaving town this weekend for the next couple of weeks through the remainder of the new year, but the, so the cards didn't come. I get on the phone and I, and I make a phone call. And again, I'm approaching this as a consumer and as a business owner. So I'm like very willing to be kind and, 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 um, and interact with these people in a very personable way while still saying like, there's been a mistake and we need you to correct it and quickly if possible, because we're going to be leaving town. And this thing that we needed from you, this mistake that you made will no longer be relevant if we can't get it here in the next week or so. The problem is I didn't get an apology. There was no, Oh, I'm so sorry for that mistake that we really apologize for that. It is amazing how far an apology will go. It yeah. is amazing for a reasonable person who's ever been in a position where they had to apologize for anything, which I'm hoping is hundred percent of people. An apology goes so, so far. And, and so when I think of the mistakes that we've made in our business, our authentic apologies and open communication and just that moment of vulnerability, which I think goes along with what you just said is removing ego from the situation, mm -hmm. not acting like we have it all together and we're incapable of making mistakes, but just acknowledging like, 
I am so sorry. That would have gone a long way with this company. In fact, in fact, um, the crazy thing is that no apology does the exact opposite. Like, like uh, yeah. it doesn't keep us neutral. Yeah. It actually makes us angrier. Like, like, hey, yeah. wait a second. You, uh, you have made a mistake and you're not acknowledging the mistake at all. Right. Um, and I, and I, we've paid for a service. Yeah, we paid for a service. And I don't feel like you even, I, I'm getting this, this, this feel that you don't even care. Like, like we're, we're maybe not, a, not maybe not a nuisance, but I mean, like, but like, like just, just show that, Hey, you're like, Hey, this is a mistake. We are, we are totally on it. We're going to get these out to you as soon as possible. That, that would just have been neutralized uh, everything. And we've been like, okay, who we can breathe now. Uh, they are on it. But Heather had to call twice. And even and, and uh, even two phone calls still like, like no sense of urgency, no apology, nothing, nothing, you know, and, and, and I don't know if that's because they're in self-preservation mode, afraid that if they admit that they made a mistake, they're going to lose yeah. a customer. But I can tell you that that sort of thing works against a company mm -hmm. because, again, unless you're dealing with an extremely unreasonable person an apology goes a long, long way and, and, and a sense of urgency and some kind of communication, whether it's email, social media, we very much appreciated the video that you put out, Nathan, you're probably, you may be about to talk about this. I'm not sure, but just that personal video that came as photographers edit clients, that goes a long, long way to help people understand the humanity behind the business and the fact that um, there is no infallible company in the world, you know, and um, seeing a face, seeing an apology, hearing an apology, you know, um, for reasonable people, that's enough to mm -hmm. say, like, we'll continue to be loyal to this company. They're willing to own their mistakes mm -hmm. and they're willing to do whatever it takes to work to correct them in the future and use this as a learning opportunity, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, but we got fortunately, we got some feedback like that uh, from from some users who really appreciated the fact that we were. Um, the attitude with which I was responding or that we were responding with. And I mean, I, I, I couldn't help but empathize. I mean, I know what it's like to be a photographer and I can only imagine what it's like to be in their situation that we've put them in, which is they're expecting to be able to deliver images to their clients. And suddenly we're telling them, sorry, not only are they not ready, but they're not going to be ready for another week or another two weeks. And this is what the turnaround time looks like right now. And this is where this is kind of the direction that we're going in some cases, not even being able to give them a definite answer. Um, that's a really tough place to be in. So I felt terrible, um, but expressing that, sharing that, and to your point, and maybe Haley, we can put the video in the show notes, just, just as an example, not not that, in fact, again, as I mentioned earlier, and we'll talk about this, we, we fell short even in some of the ways that we handled the situation. But if, if anybody is curious as to what it looks like to create um, some personal communication that is more than just text, because sometimes, um, a lot can get lost in translation. If you're just reading a text email, it can come across one way or another, maybe a little bit too cold, uh, maybe a little bit too egotistical or whatever the thing is. So I created a video and I posted it to our Facebook group. And, and then also we sent it out a link to it in an email. And um, it was basically me just talking to the camera and saying, look, I feel you, I hear you. We screwed up. We know it. We're working on it. Promise we're, we're working our tail off to get this fixed for you. Mm -hmm. And um, and and hopefully that made a, a, a big impact. But it's it's important in, in order for us to to put ourselves. I always like I like I think it's important that we talk about philosophy before we talk about action steps. And so if we're going to talk about how to go about communicating with clients in a situation where we've we've screwed up and it's affecting their experience with us, we first have to put ourselves in the right mentality, uh, which is to remove ego 
and to put ourselves in that cl in our client's shoes to, mm -hmm. to try to at least try to understand what it feels like to be in their position right now. Mm -hmm. And then we can be again at communicating more effectively with them. So, but, but Heather, you pointed something out, which is the, the significance of the apology and, and related to that is my next point. And that is the importance of acknowledging the actual issue. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the places where we kind of fell short. Haley talked about, or alluded to this earlier, but um, we were, when this all went down, there was kind of a, a frantic behind the scenes conversations, trying to, and, and, and interactions and actions, trying to figure out what was actually the root issue or issues for this particular problem. And um, in that process, and, and what I explained to Haley, uh, I think it was Haley or maybe our team the other day, but nonetheless, I didn't want to jump to communicate too quickly with our clients at the time by sending out a big email blast without actually being able to give them information. My concern was if we send an email and say, hey, first of all, we're sorry. We know there's some delays. We're trying to figure this out. I knew that we were going to get a bunch of email responses back and customer service was going to have to go through and handle all these tickets answering or still not being able to answer questions from clients, which was we got your email, we hear you, but what's going on and when will I get my order? And, and there would still be a lot of questions. So I was trying to wait to give or to send out an email blast to everybody to update them until we actually had helpful information mm -hmm. um, because I just didn't want there to be unnecessary back and forth via email. I realized in hindsight that that probably wasn't the best suggestion. In fact, we were having a, a team meeting the other day and uh, one of our customer service uh, reps, Jessica, who's been with the company for a long time now, she was she brought this up and highlighted this, the significance of going ahead and sending out email communication next. If, if we were to ever run into a situation even close to this, and we've already made changes in our backend systems, uh, spoiler alert, to, to address so much of what has caused this problem. So a situation like this is not going to happen again. But nonetheless, if we were to ever to run into a situation where we have a lot of clients upset again, I should more quickly send out email communication for the significance of this word acknowledgement, acknowledging the issue. Yes, apologizing, but acknowledging the issue and beginning to manage expectations. In this case, is simply as, hey, look, we know there's an issue. We feel terrible. We are frantically working behind the scenes to get to the root of the problem so that we can address the issue and get back to normal. Wanted to, to create some awareness and let everybody know. Something as simple as that, um, that's something that we could have done a little bit more proactively. What are your thoughts on that? And let, let's actually start with you, Rich and Heather. Did, did you feel like with, with the communication that you saw from photographers, that did you feel like it could have gone out sooner? Um, does it make sense to wait until you have more information? I mean, I know you you're, you have kind of multiple perspectives here. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think uh, um, no communication just leaves room for um, for speculation and uh, assu assumptions. Mm -hmm. And that's um, a great way to put it. And uh, and so uh, and so the the longer there is between the problem and the um, the apology or the the communication of what's happening, then uh, there's silence between that. Then normally, just as we, we as humans assume the worst, we, we mm. assume something something tragic, like like is this the end? Like 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 you, you like you don't have any information, therefore you're assuming the house is burning down. Like like you know like and yep. so I me mean, like uh, and so why do we so, do that by the way? Because I have I am so mad about that. Still, so I have to work on it. Like not to project the worst potential situation. I, yeah, I, I don't know why that is. I mean, like uh, Let's, I, I, we can psychoanalyze that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haley, you, you know why do you why do we why do we do this, you know? Well, you know. 
um, uh, so so I mean so that was that was a, I guess the biggest thing as far as like us just like just the first email that came you didn't pay a ton of attention to because you thought it was yeah yeah well yeah but it, it didn't affect me at the time because I didn't have any weddings to to uh, to and so uh, so I literally. Uh, I didn't read it. Um, sorry, Nathan. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, I don't think we knew there was a problem. I didn't think there was a problem at first. And then uh, we we tried to submit a wedding. And we're like, Wait, what is going on? Uh, the sky is falling. <laughs> why can we not submit any images? Uh, yeah. Why why can we submit a? a then suddenly an order? we read. Then suddenly uh, we looked. I'm like, oh wait a second, something happened a couple of days ago. Lately. And so uh, then that's when I went back to the email, and read it. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So um, so yeah. But I yeah, love I the way that you summed that up, Rich, that no communication leads to assumption or speculation. And as we pointed out, we know how human, like our brains work in that scenario and, and it's not good for anybody. So I, I think that's a great summation of why there needs to be yeah. more immediate, more proactive communication. Yeah. What, what were yeah. you going to say, Haley? Just a, just a quick email, to our, 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 our video just like saying, hey, guys, the sky's not falling. We're, we are figuring this out, and and uh, we just don't know yet. So, uh, so it's just kind of like 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 uh, don't email our team because we don't know what to say. But we will find out, and we will let you know as soon as possible. We're in this together. That that type of thing. We're like, oh, okay, you know, that yeah. just kind of like just eases eases that uh, that 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 tension. You know, that's a great point, Haley. Were you yeah. going to say something too? I was. I was going to add to that um, because we like when you're looking at how to communicate with um, whoever it is that you have to talk to or deliver news to or whatever um, the case might be. One thing that we realized after, because we sent out that email, the very first one, it was a text-based email and it had hundreds of questions came back in. And that's why we developed the video. We um, like, I think it's really important and it's something we learned too is like text can be interpreted however the consumer wants to interpret it whether we're coming from a place of empathy or a place of dictatorship of this is the way things are and it's how it's going to yeah. be yeah. and I mean if you go into reread the email it could have been interpreted so many different ways and I think like I had no um, part in telling Nathan to make the video that was all on him, but I applaud you for it because I think it was needed mm -hmm. in order to communicate what it was that, that we were trying to say and explain what was going on and that we're not just ignoring the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were a few responses that we got on, on Facebook. And this is really probably the main reason why I made the video ultimately that were extremely combative. And, and again, I don't, I don't in any way minimize the significance of how these photographers are feeling, whether they responded very well or not. Mm -hmm. I understand the frustration. I've been there. Um, but it was, they were very combative in nature and, um, and responding to me when I was in, in these Facebook, in this Facebook thread as though, or threads as though I was out to get them or out to hurt them, which is, you know, I realized that our service fell short and it affected their business. Again, not in any way minimizing that, but at the same time, I felt their pain as much as, as I could and felt terrible behind the scenes, had endless conversations with you know, my, my team about how terrible I felt, how terrible we felt, how we wanted to address this. We understood the frustration that was being expressed. And so ultimately we were on the photographer's side and that was part of what I said in that video that we sent out, which is yeah. 
hear me. Please, please, please hear me. We know we screwed up, but I'm on your side. Like I promise we've got, like we are on your side and we're trying to fix this issue. And, and I think Haley's right. A lot can get lost in translation when you're talking about text, whether it's a simple text message or an email or otherwise to actually see somebody's eyes, to hear the tone of their voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you can get a sense for the genuine nature or not of somebody's communication yeah. in, in a video message like that. And I think that's where the, the power of that lies. So um, I, I don't want to stay, stay on this too long or harp on this particular point too long, but that was the significance of that. And yeah. I, again, I, I love Rich's point about how important it is to communicate proactively and immediately. And that's something that we definitely learned from this and we'll do if we ever run into any anything even comparable again, we will certainly be a bit more proactive um, in that regard. But the other thing, and it's related to this acknowledgement of the issue is the, the kind of the reasons for the issue. And when Haley and I were talking about this, one of the things I said to her is the last thing that we want is for people to think that us giving a reason for why something is happening comes across as an excuse, right? Mm. Um, if, if I'm having a bad experience with the company, I don't need them to tell me that there's an issue with their software and the algorithms to manage you know, my orders that are coming in. I just want my order, period. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care mm-hmm. about the logistics, just make it happen. Mm-hmm. And um, so mm-hmm. knowing how I feel about that, I don't want to be that guy mm-hmm. sending out an email to our customers going into boring detail about what's going on behind the scenes and what caused the issue. That being said, um, Haley made a point, which is, giving them some detail uh, about what is actually going behind going on behind the scenes lending a little bit of perspective to the conversation could be could actually be helpful um, what that balance looks like or where the line is between too much information that's just irrelevant and boring mm-hmm. and not helpful mm-hmm. and enough detail to at least give them perspective um, i think it's going to vary from situation to situation i think that you're you're also because it's, it's hard for us to understand. We, we are also a small business. We are, we're photographers. Every, almost every person we, we interact with has been, you know, uh, a bride of ours where we have spent, uh, they, they know my personality. We've done a right. gaming session together. I've, I've been to, a, you know, mm-hmm. if, if I haven't shot their wedding, I'm probably going to pretty soon shoot their wedding. We, we have had some interaction. They kind of know my personality. Um, uh, from you, uh, from you guys, it's more of like a, um, uh, it's, there's there's a there's a anonymous uh, corporation, not an individual, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I uh, when when there's a corp when there's a corporation involved, like yeah, you, like you said, like is, uh, but but you, you're dealing with um, um, uh, multiple people on both sides. There's there's a lot of people behind the scenes and uh, photographers at it, but there's also a lot of customers as well um, that's never even met you in person, and um, and so. And so, uh, and so, but you're, so when you deal with multiple people, you, you deal with multiple people's personalities. And then so some, some of those people um, uh, may like all those details and some are like, I don't care, just get my, my stuff. And then, you know, like, like you, you had to deal with not just individuals, but you had to individual, you had to like deal with those, those people's personalities and their egos and, and, uh, or, or their, or their business and their, their pain uh, on different fronts, you know, like some, some people want, want, uh, I'll get it done. Or and some people are like, I am so sorry. Like they yeah. just, just depending yeah. on the, that person, yeah. people's personalities, you know, like, and so. Uh, right. I, and I was I, even thinking that when you were saying that some people were really combative, I mean, I just immediately thought like, 
that's just their stress talking. Like mm-hmm. that's just, oh, sure. people, you know what I mean? Like that's just like any yeah. company can make a mistake and get the brunt of someone's frustration mm-hmm. when the issue itself isn't actually going to ruin that person's life. It's just their level of stress mm-hmm. talking, you know? So, and it's so, amazing what stress will do to you. And that's, that's the hard part about running a business for me is that at the end of the day, even if you do your very best, even if you keep your mistakes to a minimum, even if you put everything in place to try to avoid making mistakes, there will be mistakes along the way. And you're at the mercy of people's understanding and empathy and compassion and forgiveness and all of those things. And so and the, the thing that is hardest for me in the situations that we've had over the years is that some of them have resolved and everything's been you know, great after the fact with a little communication and some apology. Mm-hmm. Um, but that hasn't been the case every time. And that's what hurts me. That's what kills me. It's like, you can do your best. And at the end of the day, in the, in the, in the, in the world that we're living in, you can't always please everyone. And I think that that's, what's difficult for people with my personality. I'm a people pleaser. I Mm -hmm. want people to be happy. If there's difficulty or friction, if there's something that I need to apologize, I want to know, I want to be able to apologize and I want everything to be rainbows and unicorns when it's all said and done, you know? And um, sometimes we've been able to get Sometimes we've been able to get to that place um, and then other times we haven't. And so, um, but we try as hard as we can, you know? So your video probably was a massive leap in the right direction. And then there might just still be some people at the end of the day who are frustrated or who choose to leave. Mm -hmm. And that's when we have to be willing to say, I've done everything that I can. Now let's take steps to try to prevent this in the future. And Mm -hmm. I, I hate that some people decided to be done, well, you know, and, but not just um, not just with people's stress, but I mean, like I, I think just in today's society, especially with social media, there's this this idea of being a little um, uh, anonymity of, of like uh, where you uh-huh. can people can make comments and be really mean on the internet, but in real life they're like super nice, you know, like uh, but yeah. like but um, the the anonymity of, of of the of internet can kind of give credence or give the let this 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 different kind of personality um, come forth where like if if they were they might have been really really mean to you on the internet but if they were talking face to face they've been like oh yeah yeah that's completely fine you know no problem at all yeah. you know like it just it just it's really it's just a really strange dichotomy we live in today of, mm-hmm. as far as like uh, how mm-hmm. um of just you know the internet and and uh, and how people uh, communicate over the internet is, yeah is people really not having to see the way that their words affect another a human being mm-hmm. um, and and not having to have the courage to say things in person too, you know? Yep. Yeah, I, so. I think that highlights a really important piece of, of understanding like from the business owner side of there are going to be people that do that and you have to realize that your value is not placed in how they feel about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say that is because for the most part, I had really nice responses to my inbox. Like, a lot of the emails did come from me. Um, so I, I did get some of the feedback, but every once in a while you do have someone that's really upset and they do take it out on you. And for me, I have the same type of personality and I like for everyone to be happy and Mm -hmm. it like depresses you. And I feel Mm -hmm. like as business owners, we have to look at, at if someone does come to you in that, that sense, it's not like your entire value is not placed on that because I know, I've had like discussions with customer service on they're not yelling at you. They're not mad at you. They're just mad at the situation. Right. And so I think that on both 
our customer service end and on a photographer's, you know, managing their own customer service um, is just an important reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, that, and speaking uh, of I, reminders, it was a good reminder for me even too, because that, there have been times where I've responded emotionally to people because I'm upset, but it becomes this kind of, uh, it, it doesn't need to be personal. And, and I can't stress enough because if, if we have any photographers that clients listening in, they're like, how in the world could you be bothered by the fact that we were upset? Not even an issue. Um, 100% understand why any of our mm-hmm. clients were upset. What's what's a little tough is where it becomes this almost personal attack. And, and that's, but if, if nothing else, for me, it was a good reminder that, okay, if I have a conversation with a company or an individual because I'm frustrated, uh, ultimately, I need to simply engage with them, first of all, with the amount of empathy that I would expect in, in a reverse situation, and um, and just make it a, a simple back and forth kind of fact-finding conversation rather than this this out this attack just because I happen to be stressed in the moment. Like Rich pointed out, we, we have, I mean, stress does crazy things um, to the way that we engage with people. And um, mm-hmm. like, I'm cringing as I'm thinking about it, but I've certainly been guilty of that. And uh, we just have to remember to keep that in check uh, because at the end of the day, it, it's most things aren't, as much as we might feel it in the moment, most things aren't the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to, to react as such. But I know we have just a few minutes left. I wanna keep moving here just very briefly, the next point that I, that I made that almost seems obvious, I guess, at this point, but to create clear expectations. Um, I will say that we were slow in communication initially for the reasons that I gave earlier. Nonetheless, we should have been a little bit quicker. and We've certainly learned that lesson from this. But um, following that, once we actually started sending email communication out, we pretty proactively managed expectations. Now, it wasn't that there's, there weren't still frustrated responses because the initial communication of expectations about um, where our service currently stood, what our turnaround times look like right now, how much longer this was going to go on, how much longer it might take before we were back to normal. Uh, we had we initially created a certain expectation, which we unfortunately ended up having to send a second email out and correcting and making it even longer. And um, that was obviously not a, a great place to put our clients. And there was some frustration with that. But nonetheless, we at least gave them or created some awareness around where we were at, what we were working on, where we were going. And... Um, it's really important just to keep in mind that you are doing that very proactively. And this is actually something that we're working on a very positive, in a more positive uh, note or in a more positive light that Haley and I were even just talking about today, the significance of more effectively managing our clients' experience going into 2020, um, just as in something as simple as the onboarding process, making sure that our clients understand what it is that we offer, how to about, go about getting that service. It's so important that we proactively manage our clients' expectations, and um, that can't be stressed enough. It seems obvious, but I just wanted to at least make that point. Um, one of the things that we did do in oh, – go ahead, Haley. I was going to say, too, um, another thing that we've more actively done here in the last few, like, two weeks, I guess, has been taking client feedback more seriously um, because I do – I know a lot of people had suggestions or came to us with, like, why can't this be fixed, and – I know like on a personal level, you're having conversations to actually create um, ways of adjusting our, our capacity tracker or whatever that might be to help our clients based on what their needs are um, along with scheduling orders and all of that. So I think opening up that communication to like this podcast episode as well has been, um, I'm sorry, that was loud, um, has been, a, a big thing that we've started doing more of here in the last week or two. Yeah. And I'll add to that just for the sake of clarity. It's not that we're, that we weren't taking clients 
feedback or suggestions seriously before. I, I think I would reword that and say that we we've, we've become even more proactive in reaching out for that feedback. Right, um, right. We did get some feedback in the process of you know as as we were doing what I was just talking about, setting expectations, where we were at, the things, the changes that we were making behind the scenes, um, at least one or two changes in the workflow that we were having to put in place to go along with the change in the algorithms behind the scenes. Uh, we were getting some frustration and, but simultaneously some kind of constructive feedback. Hey, why don't you do it this way instead? Because if you do it like this, this is going to put us in a tough spot. So having those conversations and to your point, Haley, kind of opening up the, the, um, the door for those types of conversations, making or letting our clients know that we actually want that feedback and that we take that seriously. This is something that we've done honestly for quite some time at Photographers Edit, and it's made a big difference. Even in the webinars, we'll get feedback in these webinars that we do for Photographers Edit that have um, that have gone into the user interface that we've designed for Photographers Edit. So we take feedback seriously already. More recently, we've been more proactive and kind of reaching out for that. I'm going to be having ongoing conversations with Photographers Edit clients in the next month or so, especially with regards to refining our messaging as we go into 2020. We're going to be doing this, something similar with uh, Milu as well, our new company. So that proactive effort at getting feedback is, is really important um, for the sake of understanding how our clients feel and so that we can ultimately manage their expectations more effectively. And so um, that's really important. The other thing too um, that we did simultaneously was, and, and this is I mean, it, it frustrated some people, but we had to do it. We actually stopped taking on new business um, until the issue was resolved. We had our, our kind of core clients that are using us. And the last thing that we needed to do was, in addition to the frustrations they were experiencing with a service that was falling short, to then also bring on new clients in the process who, I mean, it wouldn't make sense anyway to bring them on in that situation but then to, to further kind of convolute or get in the way of our existing clients orders being processed, mm -hmm. that's the last thing that we needed to do. We needed to show priority to our existing clients instead of uh, you know, trying to get new business. Uh, and, and that might seem obvious to a lot of people, but it's a move that, that we made. And, um, and I think it was the right move because we needed to focus on taking care of our existing clients. It is at the end of the day, a, more about our relationships with our clients, those who have been loyal to us, than it is about just trying to make an extra buck. Um, and that was certainly not important to us um, in this situation. We wanted to make sure that we address the issue so that we could give a better service to our existing clients as soon as we could. And um, so we did, we stopped taking new, new accounts, new premium memberships, we cut that off. And, um, and, and we in fact even stopped taking orders from non-premium members because the majority of clients who place orders with photographers edit now are premium members, which I love. I love that show of commitment. I love that it means that we can give them a better overall experience normally outside of the situation, of course. And, um, and so we, we cut off orders from non-premium members just so we could focus on our, our core clients, our premium members. And now we've turned that back on in the last couple of weeks and uh, are allowing new accounts again. So it's important to keep perspective that you're not out to try to get, get new business when you've got a problem internally, address that first, cut off new business if you need to, um, before you turn it back on and start taking on new clients, make sure you address the issue first. And that's something that we did. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Rich and Heather here as we're kind of finishing up our, I can't our believe episode. we're already here at our hour mark because I feel like there's more that could be said. Um, oh, so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we have a few different mistakes we've made over the years, but they've been very different types of mistakes mm -hmm. that yield different learning um, experiences and, and, and things that we've gleaned. And so um, I feel like it could be another, you know, we could keep talking, but um, I feel like you summed it up really well 
and the points that you made where I feel like the most critical ones, you know, so. Yeah, cool. Well, I, I do want to, as Haley was alluding to earlier, I do want to make sure that we keep the door open for conversation. I mean, this is really standard for, for PE uh, anyway, but just want to reemphasize how there is certainly that we welcome communication. So anybody listening in or watching, want to send an email to Nathan at or Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-E -E, at photographersedit.com. If you have additional thoughts, suggestions, um, we are in planning mode for 2020 um, and, and on various levels. And we want to make sure that, you know, we've kind of, we've come out of this difficult time now, but we are ready to not only just simply come out of it, but up the ante for 2020 on again, multiple levels. And um, so if you have feedback, suggestions, ways that we can improve the, the service overall for you, uh, or you just want to have a conversation about how, what the last couple months were like, that's fine too. If you're unreasonably mad, you can send it to, uh, to Heather. Um, <laughs> if, if, you, uh, um, if you have any, if you have any uh, choice cuss words or if you've created new cuss words because of the situation. I can promise that like, I will Heather, try Heather, my best to be your friend. Yeah. yeah I will try to defuse the situation. No, um, I so. am so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, for everybody listening, and we do, this is, as I mentioned earlier, being broadcast uh, live on Facebook, facebook.com slash photogs edit, and that video will be there in our library, so you can go back and watch that if you want to. The audio version is going to go out later on today on the Boca podcast feed. Uh, if you, in any of your favorite podcast apps, you can find us, B-O-K-E-H podcast, and uh, you'll hear the audio version there by 6 p.m. Eastern today. And um, Haley, you were telling me earlier, we don't have another Workflow Wednesday episode scheduled for this year, correct? So the next one will correct. be in January? Yes, we will. Um, I'll announce some dates in January and February uh, over the coming weeks and kind of put that out on social media. Cool. And and you know what? I'll go ahead and throw this out there. Um, if, if there are any of you are listening in or watching, uh, if you have some element of workflow related to running a photography business that you feel like you could contribute some value to our audience uh, about, then we'd love to love for you to just shoot us an email and um, you can do that. Just send Haley an email, Haley at photographersedit.com. Uh, the, the key thing here is being I'm, able I'm sorry, to- I'm sorry, I apologize. We need to spell Haley's name. If you want to say Haley at photography. She just edit. did a minute ago. You did? Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. H -A -H -A -Y. When he was talking about feedback. Oh, okay. Okay. I apologize. I, you know what? That was feedback for that. I was, uh, and I'm angry that you didn't uh, spell out her name. Every time you say her name, you got to spell it out. You know, so. It is H-A-Y-L-E-E -E at photographersedit.com. There you go. There you go. Um, but shoot Haley an email if you've got an idea, not just an idea for a topic. We, we love to just hang out with people here, but we want to make sure that any guests that we have on the show ultimately able to add value to our listeners. I always want our listeners to walk away with information that is practical and actionable, whether that's on the Workflow Wednesday series or the Boca podcast. But if you're interested in joining the conversation, shoot Haley an email and we can talk, talk about that as a possibility. But thank you everybody for listening in, for chiming in. Thank you, Rich and Heather for hanging out with us today, for your feedback. Thank you for yeah, sharing. Thank you so much. Yeah, this, is, this has been fascinating. I love it. Cool. And, and uh, we'll see everybody, I guess, after the new year. So Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy yeah, new Merry year. Christmas. Happy holidays. Hall uh, happy holidays. Uh, <laughs> All the things. Happy, happy, happy new year. Chat <laughs> <laughs> with you guys soon. All right. Take care. Bye, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. 
The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.